So with the practice that we're doing, what's important is for us to be intent uh, while we're training our minds. Um, In the beginning, when we know of a meditation method that works for us, that helps to cultivate our minds, then we try to do that. Uh, But it's natural that our samadhi won't be with us all the time. It won't be sustained in our minds. Sometimes we can enter a state of samadhi and the mind will gain peace and quietude. And that shows um, that at that point, the things that obstruct goodness, the nivaranas, are absent uh, from the mind. So there are five of these obstructions, of these hindrances. Um, So there's the scatteredness or restlessness of mind. There's annoyance and irritation. There's doubt and lethargy or drowsiness. And there is the pleasure that we seek in sensual objects. When our minds are able to pass over these hindrances, then the heart will gain peace. If we can pass over them for one period, then during that time, the heart will be calm and settled. There'll be a coolness and an ease uh, in the mind and joy arises maybe to the point where tears start flowing down our cheeks. The body will feel very buoyant and it may sway back and forth. The hairs on uh, our body may stand on end. And these are the characteristics of joy, rapture in the heart, a feeling of inner contentment and fullness. So when we recollect the goodness that we have done, it can also bring up the same joy, that tears may flow, um, and the mind becomes very full and contented. When samadhi arises temporarily, that's what we call kanaka samadhi, this momentary or minor form of concentration, but we should try to bring it up very often and use the objects of meditation uh, that bring about the state to train ourselves in them, to recollect them frequently so that our minds can uh, come back to the state of inner peace. And we do this a lot. We train in this way a lot. And so this kamatana is the work that we need to do, the work of our minds that brings about samadhi. And when our hearts are peaceful, then they won't have any doubts. We won't question the practice so much. But it's when our minds retract from that state of peace that these obstructions start to hinder us once again.
When samadhi becomes continuous, then the practice gets a lot easier. Um, And it shows that for those who can do that, who can sustain the state of samadhi, um, that they've practiced a lot uh, beforehand. But in the beginning, sometimes there's peace and sometimes there's not, and that's just natural. And when there is peace, then uh, the mind will feel very full and there won't be doubts in the mind. Um, But when peace is lacking, these doubts will come up. And even though I may tell you to not doubt, it's natural that everyone will just go doubt all the same. That's just what the mind does. What we need to bring up is a confidence in the meditation practice and the method that we're using. The confidence that it does bring results. So we can try recollecting death and reciting to ourselves that life is unsure, but death is sure. Death is the culmination of my life. My life must end in death. So life is not sure, but death is sure. And this is the kamatana of recollecting our death. So there was one girl at the time of the Buddha, just a very young girl, but she would frequently contemplate um, death. And there was an occasion where she met the Buddha and the Buddha asked her, where did you come from? And she replied that she didn't know. The deeper meaning to that answer was that she didn't know where she was before she was born. She didn't know where it was that this life came from. The Buddha then asked her, where are you going to? And she replied again that she didn't know, meaning that after death, she didn't know where she would go to. So she said, I don't know. And the people around who were listening to this conversation, they were getting quite annoyed. They're thinking that this girl was just playing around with the Buddha. And so the Buddha asked, the girl, so you don't know, is that right? And she replied, I do know. She knew that she had to die for sure. The Buddha then said, ah, so you know. And she replied, no, I don't know. That she didn't know when she would die. She didn't know at what time, she didn't know where, she didn't know how, whether she would die in the water or die on land. The Buddha then exclaimed that this world is dark and those who know clearly are very few. So the world is a dark place and those people who understand anicca, dukkha, anatta, this inconstancy, stress and not self, are very few. But those who are able to see this, who can gain uh, samadhi, will be able to see into the Dhamma, to gain light in their lives. So we should be firm in our training um, of our kamatana object. And whatever object we are skilled in, then we uh, go through that very frequently. And our minds, little by little, gain peace. Until samadhi can stay with us uh, constantly, 
and we gain a clear seeing, this vipassana, knowledge then arises. And whatever sense impressions that the mind meets with, we have an understanding of those. So whenever our eyes see a form, or our ears hear a sound, we contact an odor or a taste or a touch, or there's a thought or feeling uh, that arises in the mind, then we know that, and we know the mind's response to that, whether it's averse to it or attracted to it. So if there is this samadhi, and if the strength of our wisdom is sufficient, then we can contemplate into these impressions that our minds receive, understanding them as being inconstant, as being stressful, as not self. But if the energy of the samadhi is lacking, then we have to come back and recollect our meditation object to cultivate our minds once again, to bring our minds back to peace uh, in the way that we have known before bringing up this rapture and inner contentment and joy through recollecting whatever object it is that settles and calms our minds. Sometimes it's very difficult to recollect this, so we have to go back to the basics of Buddha, Dhamma, Sangha, or watch the breath until our mind comes to peace. So we can compare it to when we're driving a car um, and there are gears in our car. And so with peace, it's the same. We have to move from the first gear of peace to the second, to the third, to the fourth. Um, but sometimes when we're driving, we have to just stay on the first or the second because the driving conditions are very poor. Maybe the road that we're on is not a good road. So we have to go very slowly. So when the conditions of our hearts are not conducive to peace, um, then we have to go slowly. When the sense impressions are very strong and our inner collectiveness and stability is weak, uh, then it's difficult. So this is the fight that happens between the path and the kilesas. And when the path is stronger than the kilesas, then it will be able to overcome them. But when the defilements gain the upper hand, um, then they will be the ones in control. So when our minds don't have samadhi, then we just can't drive very fast. So we need to come back and start again and gradually, slowly uh, increase our speed. And when we meet with good conditions, then we can really throttle it. So when our minds don't have samadhi, then a good object that we can come to is of the body. Or we can recollect death um, until our minds gain peace. And this is a good and conducive uh, object of recollection for calming the mind down. So when our minds uh, do gain peace, then we can uh, 
engage in contemplation. Or the other way of going about it is using contemplation to bring the mind to calm, and that's okay as well. If we see a form and we feel that it's very beautiful, um, it can be very difficult to uh, practice vipassana at that point, seeing that form as just anicca, dukkha, anatta. And sometimes we just aren't able to do that. So at those times when we see something that's very attractive, we need to come back and to settle, to calm our minds down first, to bring them to look at the breath until they reach stillness and they turn quiet. If the samadhi in our minds is very strong and collected, then we'll be able to pass over all of the mental impressions that we experience. All of the greed, hatred and delusion will disappear from our minds and calm will arise in its place. But sometimes we just can't focus on an object. Sometimes we try to be with Buddha, but it just doesn't stick. So at those points, we bear with that difficulty and we are very careful, making sure that we keep our actions of body and speech within the bounds of morality. And when greed, hatred and delusion comes up, then we look at them, we know that they're present in the mind. We know the mind as it proliferates upon those defilements. Because this greed um, can consume our hearts. And anger, when the mind starts thinking upon that, it just gives rise to um, very strong feelings of self and other. And then there's this delusion, this not knowing, an ignorance in our heart that makes us attach to conventions, that attaches to feelings of me and mine. But that's just the nature of the unenlightened mind. So we come back and try again. We bring up our efforts anew to abandon the delusion and the attachment to self that we have. We train our minds so that they can accept the truth, the truth of all of the impressions that arise, the truth of everything that is present in the world. Because all beings are afflicted by greed, hatred, and delusion, and none of them want to be this way. When anger comes up, it's very hot. It's a lot of suffering, and it's that way for everyone. No one wants it, but they can't stop it. Because avijja, ignorance, is reigning over their hearts. It's in control of their minds covering over the original purity of their hearts. But if we practice and bring our minds to peace, then we'll be able to get a sense of inner joy, a happiness that comes from the mind that's calm and collected. So we should bring up effort in the training. Um, but... These days, it's particularly difficult because the mind can be so deluded 
it can be so strongly uh, stuck in the stream, in the current of the world. There are many things uh, that pull us into delusion, many different aramanas, these uh, sense objects. And before it wasn't like this, even just 10 years ago, things weren't this way. This means that it's more easy for us to listen to the Dhamma these days, but it's also more easy to find um, pleasure and to find objects uh, that the mind easily gets stuck on, that gets drunk on and lost in. So therefore we need to bring up wisdom and to find our inner goodness, to do a lot of merit, um, to bring up skillful qualities in the hearts. So when we make merit, we often do this externally uh, through uh, material means, but that merit comes in and gets stored within our hearts. And when we do it, we feel an inner contentment and joy. So when we come to meditate, initially we should recollect the things that make us feel happy and joyful, the good acts that we have done, such as helping to build jetties. We recollect this very often. This is Jaga Nusati, the recollection of the sacrifices that we've made. So we all have this generosity and doing good deeds as a habit, as a part of our characters. And when we recollect uh, the fruits of that habit, uh, there's an inner fullness, a joy, rapture that arises in the heart. And so peace comes from this. Peace comes from this joy. And our minds get more and more firm until that joy turns into sukha, into pleasure or happiness. So when piti is full, then that transforms into happiness. And just like rice, um, when it's in, we know when it's close to being cooked. Um, and so when the joy comes up, that means that it's close to being fully cooked. And when it is cooked, uh, then that is happiness. So when we come to meditate, we recollect the goodness that we've done, the skillful deeds uh, that we have done, such as building jetties or making Buddha images. And our hearts become very full from this recollection. So we do it often. We bring the mind to peace in this way frequently. And this then turns into deva nusati, the recollection of the devas. And we can take this as a meditation object as well to bring the mind to peace. And eventually the mind becomes empty. When the mind is empty, this is nibbana. The mind has nibbanaed from all of the sense impressions. It's become cool uh, from uh, being not being attached to these impressions. So this is Nibbāna on the level of samādhi, when the mind is very full and bright. And then we can contemplate uh, into the body, seeing it being 
as being just a composition of elements of earth, water, fire, and air that's come together. And that all of these elements are in constants, they're unstable, they're stressful, they're not self. And the mind then becomes very joyous and bright, radiant from that. And it will turn empty once again, but this time it's an emptiness that is brought about through wisdom. It's another Nibbana, but it's only a temporary Nibbana like the previous one. But it's Nibbana that comes uh, from wisdom. So it shows that the mind has reached emptiness once again at this point. Sometimes we use this recollection of emptiness as a meditation object. If we have experienced peace before in the heart and the mind has turned empty before and has gained the joy that comes from that, then we recollect that. We recollect that joy as well. The mind that's uh, very bright, we can bring that up, remember that state. But if we find it difficult to do that, then we recollect the goodness that we've done first. So panya, or wisdom, is the knowledge that we gain that is in line with truth. Knowledge into sankharas, into conditioned phenomena, that they are in constant stressful and not self. So when we carry on with this practice, um, then we'll understand that all of the greed, hatred, and delusion that comes up is anicca, dukkha, anatta. We can teach our minds in this way and teach them that all physicality and mentality uh, has these same characteristics as well. Any emotion that we feel, we see that in line with truth. So any pleasant feeling, we see that that is unsure, that it's unstable. And likewise with unpleasant feelings, that all of these that we've experienced before, where are they now? They can't be found. It shows us that both happiness and suffering is unstable. When our mindfulness turns stable, however, then our samadhi will be strong and we'll be able to keep mindfulness over vedana, over feelings. If the body is feeling very tired or if it's painful, um, maybe we have, uh, we've done a lot of exercise or exerted our bodies and we have a bone that's pressing on a nerve then we are able to contemplate into that, into the changing nature of the body, that even though we don't want the body to change in this way, it does it just the same. It feels painful feelings all the same. So therefore, we should train our minds, seeing that at the moment we have the opportunity and the time to do this. But these days, COVID-19 has spread all over the world. Uh, but this also gives many people some extra time and opportunity. So we use that in the best way we can to train our hearts, to bring our minds to stillness and to peace, to relieve them from the doubts that they have. So when we experience one level of peace, then there'll be a knowledge that comes up from this as well. 
Um, but we should just know what that peace is like and not try to compare it with anything, not try to give it a label. And just like if we have a basket full of fruit, then we pick one of those up and we taste it and we know the flavor of it. We don't need to know what its name is. So if we pick up an apple or a guava or a mango or a durian, when we taste that, when we bite into it, then we know what the flavor of that fruit is. So there's no need to go and give it a label. So just like when our hearts meet with peace, and we know what that's like, we know the joy, the happiness that comes up from that, the mind that's gathered together into one point, uh, that has uh, vitaka, vichara, piti, sukha, ekakada, we know what that's like, what stillness, and what the mind that's quiet is like. So all it takes is for us to just do it, to put that into practice. So if we can bring our minds to a state of kanaka samadhi, this minor or temporary uh, concentration, um, that's already a very good foundation for our minds. And we can re recollect the things that bring up fullness, recollect the goodness of devas, um, and then the mind turns into a deva. And it um, can go back and forth between the state of being a human and being a celestial being. But if greed, hatred, and delusion come up very strong, the mind will fall down from this heavenly state. So therefore, we need to have mindfulness and make sure that our actions of body and speech are good and are ethical. If we maintain our sila well, and it becomes a strength of ours, then this um, develops samadhi. And slowly but surely, our samadhi will uh, grow and grow, become stronger. And in the end, clear wisdom will arise. And this is how we train our minds. So may all of you be intent on this practice. Today being the 14th of October 2020, and we'll have a translation now, but for those who don't understand uh, what's being said, then just practice meditation further.